If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy mother and thy father. And the young man answered, and he said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed and kept from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up your cross, and follow me. And he was sad at this saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Father, I pray that you would help us to realize this morning that there is possibly one thing standing between us and you. And Lord, I pray today that this one thing would be dissolved today. I, th- I pray that we would get rid of it today. I pray that you speak to our hearts through your holy word. I thank you for your precious word. And I, Lord, I know that there's no errors there, that, that it's a perfect word of God. And Lord, the, is the choir just done a beautiful job in the scenery of the, the, the scenes. Lord, we thank you for paying our debt. We'll never pay it off, but at least, Lord, we can pay on it. I pray that you speak to our hearts now and comfort us and help us to realize and know what we need to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Some of us are living uh, lives uh, that are lacking one thing. I said us. I didn't say y'all. Some of us are living our lives with one thing lacking. We have good intentions, but it seems like we just never get around to doing that one thing that is needful. That one thing that is maybe dreadful to us. And um, we think, well, I really am serious about it. I want to do something about it, but I just seem to can't get around to it. So what is the one thing? Have you ever been anywhere, got there, and realized you forgot one thing? This wasn't the best weekend to be camping. We went. <clears throat> Needless to say, because we already had reservations and you can't get your money back, so we went. And I went back to the house three times because there was at least one thing every time I forgot. And I'm thinking, this has not been a good weekend. There's always one thing standing in the way. There's always one thing that I should have done and I didn't do. Well, God blessed. He took care of us through the rain. Beautiful sunshine today. Everything looking so fresh, and God is good. 
He's good all the time, and all the time God is good. But when I think about this one thing, uh, the scriptures bear this out, by the way. <clears throat> in the gospel of uh, Mark here in verse uh, 21, uh, we see uh, Jesus pointed out to him. He came to Jesus and said, what, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, hey, uh, you know the commandments. And he told the Lord, he said, I've kept them all the way from my youth. You see, he was, he was to be commended for that. I've kept all these things all the way from my youth. I've been raised in church and I've, I know these things. And Jesus said, but there's one thing lacking. One thing lacking. And he told him, he said, you need to sell what you got. Give it to the poor. And come and follow me. Now, we understand and know today, hey, many of us have many possessions. Would, be, we, would we be willing to sell what we have and give it to the poor and say, okay, Lord, I've done what the word says. Now what do I do? Well, many of us have been mightily blessed with many things. And, but you know of someone, just like I know of someone, that's lacking somewhere. And I could help that lacking somewhere. I might be courteous enough to say, hey, what is one thing I can do for you? I've told you this before, sometimes, not always. We're out to eat and the waiter, the waitress comes over. Sometimes we might say, we're fixing to pray. Is there anything we could pray for you about? And surprisingly enough, sometimes they will say, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And they'll join hands. We join hands and, and pray for them right there. But Jesus said, there's one thing that's lacking, son. Go get rid of what you got. Now, what he was saying to me, he was saying, these things you've got is hindering you from following me. Okay? Now, if our possessions and our, our wealth and what have you is not hindering and keeping us from following the Lord, so be it. But make sure that we are giving the Lord his part and not lacking in that area. Hello? I mean, you know, stay with the thing. God, God said, hey, the, there's one thing thou lackest. And if Jesus knows that man, you know that he knows it from us. But there's many things about the young man that was good. You see, but wealth and religion, being a good citizen, is not enough to get us into heaven. It's not enough. We've got to go that second mile. We've got to take that second step. We've got to make things right in the sight of God. And I say again, does what I have hinder me from serving the Lord the way that the Lord wants me uh, to serve him? What was the one thing? It was faith in Jesus. He needed to be saved. In verse 21, there it is. You know, it's amazing as I read that verse. When you get to one thing, it's capitalized. One is capitalized. Meaning Jesus knew what that one single thing was. And all of us, we have that one thing somewhere stashed back or, or before us that we need to take care of. And we just keep putting it off. He needed to be saved. The second one thing. Cassie, if you pull up Luke 10, 42, please. <clears throat> this is uh, where Mary and Martha, Jesus was in the house. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. 
which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Mary, when, when Jesus entered the home, I mean, these two ladies were precious. And I say this, every church needs a Mary and a Martha, okay? Somebody's got to be in the kitchen. Somebody's got to be ministering. Mary chose the best part, according to Jesus. She ministered to Christ. Well, don't you know, you ladies know exactly how Mary felt. You ladies know exactly how Martha felt. I'm in the kitchen slaving over this hot stove, trying to prepare a meal for the, the best guest we could ever have. And look at her in there on her knees, just uh, mulling over him. You ladies know how she felt. You know how both ladies felt. But we need both of those ladies uh, in our church. And when Martha complained, Jesus said, there's one thing needful here. You see, there's two types of people. Um, there are those who are burdened with the, world, the cares of the world. And that was Martha. She was burdened with the cares of the world. Hey, I got to prepare a meal. You know, so many times I make home visits and the people say, Oh, my house is a wreck. I said, wait a minute. I didn't come to see the house. I come to see the folk that live here. We can't always have everything just like we want it. Others, others might be saying, well, it's a carefree life just sitting around at the feet of Jesus. But we see Jesus said, hey, she's done the best thing. Both were glad. Both were glad. Both were good friends of Jesus. And Jesus, hey, he knew Mary's heart and he knew Martha's heart. He knew. But hey, you remember uh, Jesus made a statement. One, you'll, you'll, you'll not always have me with you. I will not always be with you. It's, it's, you see, it is more important to know the truth than to know the place. To know the truth, and that is Jesus, and to know who he is and what he is and what he's doing for us. Some of us are more concerned about the things of the world, you know, we are. Just mark it down, we are. We're concerned about our world, we, the economy, we're concerned about our new president, what's he going to do? We're concerned about the wars and what's going to happen I mean, you know, you ride down the road, and, and I constantly look at gas prices. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how up and down they are. I mean, we live right almost on the Georgia line, okay? You can leave our state and cross over to Georgia, and hey, you're 10, 15 cents higher over there. I'm thinking, what far? Why? And, uh, you know, I have cousins that live over there. I said, oh, why y'all want to stay over here? Everything over here is high. Well, you know, this is where we live. Well, it is what it is, okay? There's just one thing that you and I might be lacking. And who do we serve? Do we serve the world or do we serve Jesus? That's the bottom line. That was Mary and Martha's thing. Another portion of God's word that talks about one thing is John's gospel, chapter 9, verse 25. He answered and said, whether thou be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that whereas I was blind, but now I see. This is where Jesus healed the blind man, and then Jesus sort of disappeared, and, and the people sit and brought the blind man in and said, Hey, we want to know what happened to you. Who, who did this to you? And you see what he said. I don't know whether he was a sinner or not. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. One thing I know. Now you all, I am, you are, 
We're supposed to know what's going on, all right? Are we blind spiritually? Or are we just sort of turning our head and don't want to hear and don't want to see? The man didn't know the how of the miracle, but he just knew one thing, that he was blind and now he could see. That's one thing. When we think about that one thing that might be troubling us, it might be that one thing that's blinding us, okay? You see, sin has a way of blinding us from seeing what God wants us to see. It's like cataracts on the eyes, okay? And some of you have had that, some of you have had surgery, and you know, hey, what a miracle it is after that cataract surgery that you can see so clear. My daddy, I, I remember he, he had cataracts in both eyes, and, and the doctor said, I can't remove them because they're not ripe yet. So he kept going and going and going. Well, he got up to the point he, he was afraid to drive, and so he sold his motorcycle. And that was one of a prized possessions. He sold it. Well, when the cataracts got right, he had the surgery, removed them, and we were sitting in the den one day, and he looked out the window, and he said, you know what? I can count the leaves on that tree over yonder. Wish I had my motorcycle back. <laughs> he talked about that the rest of his days, but he never got another one. You see, sometimes the sin of cataracts is covering part of our eyes, and, and we can't see, and that's one thing. You know what one thing there would be confessing our sins. And, and the, the blind man said, hey, I don't know whether this man was a sinner or whether he was not a sinner. All I know is one thing. I was blind and now I can see. You see, uh, one ounce of personal experience is worth more than five pounds of Pharisaic criticism. One ounce. Psalm 27, uh, 4, Cassie, please. Here's another one thing in God's word. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. One thing. I desire to be in God's house. Whether I'm on vacation or not. I have a desire to be in God's house somewhere. We're not at home, we're in church somewhere. It's just that desire that we have. You say, well, we, did y'all find a church while you was gone? Well, no, we, we, just, we didn't. Well, where'd you worship? Well we, uh, well, we just didn't. One thing you lacked, you didn't have a desire to be in God's house. As you look around you today, there's many that are missing today. Where's their desire? Well, now, hey, they could be working, they could be sick, they could be on vacation, all right? But they could be just sorrily laying out. One thing is hindering them from having that desire, feeling that desire, and that's being in God's house. Well, let me give you a, a one more. Philippians 3, uh, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I, ha I count not myself to have overcome all of this and, and got control of it, but this one thing I do. Now, I want you to listen to this because all of us or most of us are guilty of this right here. Look what he says. Forgetting those things which are behind. What are those things that are in your mind that's behind you and you won't let it go? You just won't let it go. You keep gnawing at it and gnawing at it. You know, it's amazing. 
this little dog that we've got, I don't know where he got it. I don't have a clue. But he come up with some cow's horn, okay? This thing looked like it was 10 years old. Well, I threw it across the bushes. A few days later, it's right back there on the front porch. I'm thinking, what does he get out of this dead bone horn? I don't know. But we think about those things, those, those things in the past. You know, we need, to, we need to forget about it and move on. Now, if we can fix it, let's fix it and still move on. There's no use in reflecting back. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind because they're hindering me and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. Now, what are these things? Forgetting the past. In other words, what I have done or what somebody might have done to me or what I did to someone. Looking to the front. As far as I can see, look to the front. Pressing toward a mark of a prize, of a high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a prize. There's a prize out there somewhere. And it's laid up for you and me as Christians. It is laid up. Pressing toward the mark, the prize, that is Jesus, that is heaven. You know, I think of a, um, um, a person that runs track and, and does the high jump. Okay, they might start out at three foot and keep raising a little bit and raising a little bit. You know, it's amazing. Well, if I can clear this, I can clear that. You know, hey, if I'm strong enough to reach this, then I can reach that. If I can carry this, then I can carry that. You know, I used to think, hey, I can push a hundred brick on a wheelbarrow. And I got to count them. Hey, a hundred bricks is a lot of weight. But I kept on getting on up. I could carry 120 in a wheelbarrow. I thought, man. And my daddy would say, why you want to carry such a heavy load? Now I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it. That one thing way back yonder is causing trouble today. Now I could say, hey, what do you say? Be sure your sins will find you out. What was I doing? I was wrecking my body but didn't realize it. One thing. When you think about those one things, listen. It's all about commitment. I want to give you a formula. It's very simple. We're going to take the word formula. And I want to share this with you because it will help us with that one thing that you might be lacking. That one thing that you need to do. That one decision that you need to make. Listen. The word formula. The letter F is for faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we must have that faith. Don't let the devil beat you out of that one thing that you need to do. So it's faith. The letter O. If we have faith, then we ought to be obedient to the Word of God and to the will of God. You know, it's one thing to read God's Holy Word. Say, man, that is good. I want to read it again. But are we willing to follow His will? You saw those horrible scenes of our Lord as He was beaten and crowned of thorns and nailed to the cross and dying on that cross. You know, before he went to there, he prayed and begged his father to let that pass from him. But he said, however, not what I want, but what you want. He was obedient, the Bible says, even unto death. The letter R in the word formula. 
We need to rely on the good shepherd. Relying on the good shepherd, why? Because he will not lead us to a place that's not where we need to be. He's promised to lead us. He's promised not only to lead us, but he's going to be there with us. And on top of that, he's not going to forsake us. The letter M is for motive. What is our motive in this? Well, it should be what the scripture says. Go ye therefore everywhere and don't let one thing stand in your way of serving the Lord. The letter U. And I've used this many times. Understanding. I just don't understand, Lord. I don't understand. And since I don't understand, I'm afraid to do it. If he says do it, I don't need and you don't need a second opinion. Understanding. And I'll tell you what will happen out of that. It'll be peace that passeth all understanding. You'll be amazed at what God will do if you and I will simply let that one thing go and go take care of it. Understanding. Then the letter L is for love. What does it say? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's not always easy. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and love your enemy. And he says, pray for those who use you, those who would attack you. You see, the thing about being attacked, some of you may have been attacked before by a dog or some animal, and you still have a scar. And you remember it. Every time you look at that scar, you think about that attack. Satan will use those scars, y'all. Oh, don't you remember what so-and-so done to you back there? We need to let that one thing go because it's hindering us. And the letter A in the word formula is availability. You know what Jesus said? Come unto me all, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Some people say, well, I'm just a tarred. I mean, I'm just a tarred. I'm not able to do anything anymore. I'm just tarred. Well, get rested. Don't let that one tarred thing keep you from doing what God would have you do. And maybe this morning, listen. There is that one thing that you lack. One thing is needful. One thing you know. One thing you desire, one thing you do. Is it salvation? Is it rededication? Is it asking the Lord to help you have a stronger commitment toward serving Him? Wherever we go, we have opportunities to serve the Lord. If there's any binders on us, that's one thing it hinders. Get rid of that binder, whatever that binder is. Get rid of it so you can productively serve God. Listen, our lives are being spent fast. Fast. Some of you are older than me. Some of you are younger than I am. But where in the world? Life is spent. And there's a lot of one things that I have passed by that I should have taken care of. One thing. Now I can't do it. Age-wise, I can't do it. I can't go back. And so he says, forgetting those things that are behind, and one thing I do, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Don't come down to graduation day 
and hear the Lord say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. You didn't accept my son. You never asked for forgiveness. Oh, you were in church. You didn't let that, nothing stand in your way. You went to church, but you failed that one area in your life. You failed. Depart from me, he's going to say. Perhaps you've been visiting here a while and the Lord's led you. This is where you need to serve. Today's the day to take care of it. Tomorrow will be too late. Tomorrow, in fact, never comes. I only have today. Yesterday was cloudy, windy, rainy, gloomy. Any other rotten word you want to use for yesterday. But look what he gave us today on his day. On his day. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd touch lives, touch hearts, touch souls, Lord. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever that one thing that's standing in the way of a person being saved today, that they would remove that and come and accept you as their Savior. I pray for whatever that one thing is that keeps us from rededicating our life, God, that we would get it out of the way and we would rededicate ourselves to you today. I pray that maybe there's one prayer that needs to be prayed today. I pray that you'd help our people to pray that prayer. If they need to come to the altar, Lord, don't let one thing stand in their way of coming today. I've heard folks say, well, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to embarrass my family. 